Okay, look, I know we try in these not to constantly reference the same, like, four pieces of fiction that we always reference and talk about, but in this one, I get both a Minotaur and somebody saying that names have power. Yes. So, like... And it's two of them. <laughs> it's two of them. I was going to bring up House of Leaves and I was going to bring up Dresden, both, because it really does. Uh-huh. It's true. I, I can't fight you on this one. <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Chronically Olympus, the podcast in which my co-host and I discuss the Percy Jackson book series, chapter by chapter, and today we are discussing chapter four of The Lightning Thief. This chapter is called, My Mother Teaches Me Bullfighting. Wow. Now, going into this chapter, I expected that to be a delightful chapter. (laughs) Sounded Uh like a good time. Yeah. Anyway, I'm Annabeth. I just... Just have blonde hair and kind of stand around in a house. Also known as Kristen. And this is my co-host. I'm a familiar looking bearded man. Ah, you also just stand around in a house. Yeah. Who knows what I do? Do you stand around or do you wheel around? Do we know yet? Don't know. I I think we know, but we'll get there when we uh, hit the last bit of the chapter. Anyway, how are you, Kristen? I am well. How are you? Good. It's a... it is the evening of the fireworks shows. Yeah, we might have um, some booms in the so background. So you might hear. We also we also live in firework area, <laughs> um, so there might be the occasional kaboom. We live in, in explosive country. We we do. <laughs> we live in the wild west of kaboom and kapow on the Fourth of July. Uh-huh. Um. Anyway, so if you hear the occasional boom in the background that I didn't care to edit out, it's a firework and. <laughs> I put this in at the beginning just so that I can edit less later. Cool. Not not because I actually... Uh, it's also a very fun weekend for you, Kristen. It, well, we don't have to talk about my birthday. It's fine. It's uh, just my birthday. And it's happy birthday. Yep. We are, uh, this will this will be published uh, sometime before your birthday, and yep. people will probably be listening to this sometime after your birthday. I won't say exactly what day it is, so I don't want people to steal your identity. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh no, my birthday is your password for everything. Yep. <laughs> it's actually not. Anyway. I'm really glad that you clarified <laughs> that because somebody out there was going to try to steal yep. your identity. Totally. You can get all my millions in the bank from this podcast. That's uh, our yep. secret fortune. Oh yeah. Anyway, how do we start this podcast, Kristen? We start this podcast with some bantering and then we go into our summaries, our bullet point summaries Mm -hmm. to be more specific. Yes. So as you and I read through the chapter, we try to summarize the chapter on some bullet points. Yes. Um, Would you like to go first? Sure. I've got about 10 for this chapter. A couple of them aren't really serious, but I thought they were fun to include. Um, So here are my bullet points in not necessarily chronological order. Grover isn't an ass. <laughs> Thought I'd get you with that one. Uh, oh. Lord of the Dead. Hades? Question uh, mark. Grover is still in denial. Uh, What's Grover in denial about? Uh, he's still not wanting to tell Percy that the fates have it out for him. Oh, he's still yeah. like yeah. somebody's gonna die, not yeah, you. Yeah, not you. No, 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 no. Uh, storms aren't on our side. Why is food so important? I know, right? (laughs) Why? What's the deal with Percy's mom? Uh, Minotaur, which I have crossed out. What's the deal with Percy's mom is not a bullet point, a summary item from the chapter. That's just a question you have. No, the summary, I have two specific points in the chapter that make me ask this question. Yes, and that's a question. That is not a bullet point. Well, so is why, is why is food so important is also a question, and that works fine as a bullet point. Yes, but that one because he talked, because Grover says food seven times yeah. in the chapter. Yeah. Um, what's the deal with Percy's mom? Uh, Minotaur, which is crossed out, of course. <laughs> uh, names have power. Mm hmm. Uh, suddenly super strength and the lack of bodies is convenient is it super strength or is it just like rando agility 
I mean, pulling the horn off a bull that's seems to true. be pretty... Uh... That is true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I'll go ahead and read my bullet point summary, which is going to be the actual only summary. Uh-huh. Driving fast, being chased. Satyrs are real. <laughs> Crash, lightning, question mark. Minotaur. I'll go ahead and cross that out. <laughs> Race to the camp. Battle with the bull. Mother gone, disappeared. Death, question mark. Defeat of Pasiphae's son. With his own horn inside the house. Safe question mark. This house in blue. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, <laughs> all right. Um, so, this is a uh, it's a pretty heavy chapter. Mm-hmm. And this is something as an overarching kind of, I don't want to say theme, uh, overarching feeling that I get from this book, at least so far, is that like, all the chapters are a lot more plot-dense than a lot of the chapters in Narnia were. Yeah. Like, so far we've read four chapters. Every one of them has a lot of plot that happens and really shoves the story forward. Like, so far yeah, there hasn't like, been a... Well, sorry to interrupt, but it, when we when we read four chapters of this, yeah, I feel like we're 40 minutes into a movie. Yeah. You know, and, and part of that's because we're taking our time reading it, but yeah. just like the amount of plot that's happening is yeah. is like a third of a movie at this point. We're only four chapters yeah. into this book. It's just like I feel like we've gotten as much in four chapters as we've gotten from like half of some of the Narnia books, and like we <laughs> still have so much book left to go. Yeah. So like I'm 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 so excited for like all that's going to happen in this book, just because I'm just like that's we're actually moving along. Yeah. Things are happening now. It does at times feel rushed a little bit. Because I feel like we're just jumping from like one emotional like plot point to the next one, yeah. and it's just like really hammering it home. But yeah, it's weighty. Yeah, it's weighty, and this chapter is weighty. So we're speeding through the rain. Yep. In Gabe's Camaro. Yep. Uh, and we're trying to get to a camp. Yes. And Percy's dealing with the fact that his best friend is actually uh, some sort of weird half donkey creature. Excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. He's a half goat. Yeah. And you need to be respectful of that. Yes. That's uh, hence my bullet point. He is not an ass. Yes. I know he's not a donkey. <laughs> um, uh, he does ba a lot, though. So, like, he, he does some bleeding. Yes. Goats bleed. Okay. Sorry. He's not a sheep, either. Uh, but, yeah. Called Donkeys. It, hee-haw. Called it from, I think, chapter two, Grover's a satyr. Yep. Cool. Got it. There you go. Um, uh... And we have this weird thing that I wanted to point out, which is uh, another exchange about Mrs. Dodds, where Percy's like, so you admit there was a Mrs. Dodds? We already did this. Didn't we? On the didn't, bus. Didn't, didn't they already have the confrontations, and, and Grover was just like, no. yeah, there was a... I thought, no. okay. On the bus, Percy said, are you looking for kindly ones? Okay. And called him out on that, and then admitted to listening to what was happening. So... He, he still hasn't fully acknowledged the Mrs. Dodds thing, I feel like. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, no, he did not, not ever acknowledge it because, um, like, it's on page 23 in my book. Um, looking for kindly ones. Grover nearly jumped out of a seat. What what do you mean? Um, I confess to eavesdropping. Yeah, Grover asked what he heard. He, talks, he asked about the summer solstice. Um... And he and Grover tells him, like, we're worried about you. You were hallucinating about demon math teachers. Like, and is still keeping up the lie uh-huh. on the bus. And um, I was telling Mr. Brunner that maybe you were overstressed or something because there's no such person as Mrs. Dodds. And okay. Grover, you're a really, really bad liar. Okay. And that's when he gave him the card telling him that if something happened, he needed to come to him. Okay. Like, so, yeah, it was very much something that was being fully denied. So this is the first time that he's acknowledging that Mrs. Dodds existed. Cool. Uh, so we acknowledge Mrs. Dodds exists. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, kindly one, whatever those are. Mm-hmm. She didn't seem very kindly. It seems like a kind of a misnomer there. Well, she was very kind to uh, yeah. 
the Boffet. Yeah. Is that like a is that like a uh, one of those ironic nickname things? Where I think like... it's like the the Southern lady, like the the oh, oh bless your heart, yeah, you know, oh honey child. That's gonna be like is that like a the, the big guy in the mob is named Tiny or like yeah <clears throat> maybe something like that maybe um cool but we mentioned uh, the Lord of the Dead and a few of his bloodthirstiest minions apparently which part of it is is still grover just being grumpy about being called the donkey yeah and you even get that from from percy's mother when sally's just like grover uh-huh. you know like stop yeah and he's like cool but can we go faster please yeah um also the line immediately after that says sorry mrs jackson which is very just a very thinly veiled uh, outcast reference for the people who get that <laughs> cool uh but Jackson. <laughs> uh, Lord of the Dead, and I put down Hades in question marks because we don't know that. But Greek mythology, I'm assuming. Yeah, the Lord of the Dead is that is that Hades? Yeah, or is he the Lord of the Underworld? And the Lord of the I, Dead is a distinct I, I'm, different. I'm I'm blurry on my Greek mythology there. Where I was thinking it could Google. be Hades. <laughs> Here, boy. Yeah, uh, he's not he's not home right now. Oh darn. But I was thinking that was a Hades reference, but like as far as I understand from Greek mythology, which I feel like this book is trying to be at least somewhat accurate to, mm-hmm. Hades isn't necessarily an evil figure. He's just kind of a tragic, like, guy who got stuck with a crappy job. I'm just being like, yeah, somebody's got to run the underworld, oh well. Uh, and he's not necessarily, like, out for blood or anything, but who knows? Uh, we don't know yet. Just but, half blood. Yeah, those are my thoughts. Um, also, Hades was on the side of the gods, and if, like, it's the gods versus the titans thing, it wouldn't make sense. Whatever. Um, so we keep going. And I like how you're like, I'm not super familiar with Greek <laughs> mythology, but I do know what side of the war Hades was on. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know what he's the god of, but he was on the side of the gods in the titan war. I, I, I believe that is true. If somebody will correct me on that, I'm sure, if I'm wrong. Uh, so they're heading to this camp that... Percy's dad wanted to send him to. Still haven't even named his dad or anything like that. Correct. It was just like, you know what? I was with your dad for uh, these three months and 12 years ago, and he told me the directions to get to this summer camp because I know exactly how to get there. Mm-hmm. Cool. Um, <laughs> that's not weird. Uh, and so they're trying to get there, and then the car explodes. Well, the car doesn't actually explode. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it eventually explodes, but not in this specific moment. Yes. <laughs> um, Percy describes what he assumes, from his perspective, to have been a lightning strike on the roof of the car, leaving a hole large enough in the roof of the car that he could have crawled out if it wasn't still smoking and burning and charcoaly uh-huh. from a lightning strike. Yeah. So, yes, your your question and your summary about is the the lightning's not on our side. Yeah. Well, we have this idea of the lightning thief. Uh-huh. Um as the book title. Yeah. And we have lightning and storms and weather, inclement weather throughout the whole book in every single chapter it's been referenced. Yes. And then we have a lightning strike on the car. Yes. So, whatever the storm is, definitely not helping Percy out. No. Doesn't seem to be Percy's friend. Yeah, which I, I thought it could go either way for a second. Yeah. Like, maybe the storm is an omen, and like, oh, it's his dad coming back for him, or whatever, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but apparently not. Maybe it's good, maybe it's all good. Um, so the car probably gets struck by lightning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then um, Sally's telling Percy, run, go to the hill, go to the go to the tree, it's, a- it's after you. It- and she tells us who it is. That it's Pasiphae's son. Well, uh... Or is that a little later? Is that after they're on their way up the hill? Uh, that is, uh, well, they get hit by lightning. They swerve into the ditch. Uh, Grover's not doing great. He gets, like, slammed around a lot. There's blood coming out of his mouth. And he starts his food rant. Yeah, that's the uh, only <laughs> thing he says. Is he, food. he is Hodor. Yeah. Uh, but we're just going to call him food yeah. for the rest of this chapter. He just... Way to include another uh, fictional universe. You're welcome. I tried. <laughs> I tried really hard. I almost made a Sweet Summer Child reference when I was talking about Oh, oh, oh Honey Child. Uh-huh. Oh, bless your heart, you Sweet Summer Child. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, 
so they are crawling out of the car. They see a silhouette of a guy. Come- well, they being Percy has been told to just run. Yes. And he refuses to leave his mom and Grover behind. He's being stubborn. And this guy. she tells him to go uh-huh. and that this thing is after him yes. and not them. And he just says, no, get, help me get Grover and starts pulling Grover out of the car and gets Grover pulled out of the car. Yes. Grover's lighter than he would have expected. Mom gets out and helps him. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm trying really, really hard to find the passage that you're referencing about him being somebody's, uh, what's his face? Passive ace son. Yeah. Yeah. Which that's... I know it's there. We're going, we're coming. Mom, help me with Grover. We draped Grover over our shoulders. This is when he realizes that this man behind them is more than just a man. Doesn't have a sheet draped over his head like yeah. he thinks. Doesn't have his arms up in the air looking like horns. Yeah. He does have horns. His arms are at his side. Yes. Um, I blinked the rain out of my eyes. That's Pacifay's son, my mother said. I wish I'd known how badly they wanted to kill you. But he's the men don't say his name, she warned. Names have power. Okay. Which is probably the moment in which we realize why his father's never been given a name. Yes. Possibly. Uh, that's fun. Not foreshadowing. Backshadowing? What do you call it? A revelation. Revelation, maybe. Uh, but before that happens, uh, she says something really interesting, which is my comment about uh, what's the deal with Percy's mom. It's the first time it comes up. She says, I can't cross the property line. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Is that because she's human or is that because she's something else? We'll find out. We'll have to find out eventually. But this thing isn't after her or... or Yeah, Grover. Grover. It's after Percy. Yeah. But he so has to get over the property line. Whatever and get Grover house. is can go across. Yes. But she can't. Yeah. So they're in different categories. Yeah. Uh, but it also seems like maybe the Minotaur, sorry, I named it, uh, could Passive also son. cross the, yeah, could also. It's okay to say pacifist. <laughs> could also cross the property line because she's just like, no, you get across the line, you go straight to the house, you don't stop until you're inside. You yell for help. Yeah. Yeah. So it seems like just getting over the line isn't enough to stop. Correct. Whatever so whatever the is. Minotaur is, Grover and Percy are in the same category as that and Mother's different. Yeah. Probably. Possibly. Yeah. We'll see. Cool. Uh, so that's a thing. It, yeah, and we're not sure if the Minotaur ever crossed the property line because it, it ends up bashing its head on the tree that is the property line. So we don't know for sure what happens. Uh, so uh, we established it is Pacifay's son, who's after them, Pacifay. Uh, obviously, uh, figure in Greek mythology, it's a really, really long story, but uh, ancient queen Crete, who... Uh, you know, tries to escape her circumstances, ends up inside of a large fake bull. Uh, was you know. she immortal? Uh, yes. Uh, Sorry, a mortal? Yes. Was she mortal? Yes. Okay. Uh, ends up making love to a bull uh-huh. uh, somehow. Uh, sorry, hit inside of a fake cow, ends up making love with a bull, having the son who's the Minotaur, uh, who then... They have to build the labyrinth to keep away from the world because they also want, don't want to kill it. Uh, super long and gross story. Okay, but so it's but we do know that the Minotaur is a half blood. Uh, it may not be a god and yeah. a person, but it's a cow and a person. Yes, half breed of some kind. Also, apparently, this is the OG Minotaur. It is not just a Minotaur. This is uh, Pacifay's well, son. There's never been any others. Well, I don't know. Like no one ever made that error again. They were like, like she got got locked up in in the labyrinth, so therefore. I feel like in some universes there are others, but anyway. Well, I'm just saying. <laughs> so um, this, this was like the 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 like we're not doing things with animals kind of. Yeah, historical but, um, myth. Minotaur isn't just a descriptive word here; it's an actual name, which uh, we know names have power. Yes, and it is a name, like yes. it is. It is not a, a description of what creature he is yes. solely. It is a name. Yes. And it is given all the power and authority of a name. Yeah. So that's a whole thing. And that's interesting that that shows up here. Uh, yeah. Names okay. have power does tend to be. It's not something that I'm familiar with in any 
mythology except fae. I've never heard the idea that names have power outside like witchcraft and and Celtic religion or fae uh, tradition specifically. Yeah. Um, so I haven't heard this in other mythologies. So maybe it's just my lack of knowledge. But is that is that a thing that you've ever encountered in other mythologies? No, not really. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, maybe maybe Percy's mom's a fae. I don't know. We'll proceed with your wild fan theories here. <laughs> um, anywho, so Minotaur shows up, uh, tosses the car down the road. It Let's does get... then break the gas tank, and it yeah, does then explode. Yeah, yes. uh, you know, not a scratch, Gabe said. Yes. They done blew up the car. Percy does re- then remember that. Yeah. If Gabe ever finds out, he's going uh, to be quite angry, I'm sure. Uh, then, uh, then Percy's mom teaches him bullfighting. Yep. It's just like, he's not really good at turning, so if he charges you, you just wait till the last second and jump out of the way. Yeah, when he charges you. Yeah. This is how you escape from him. Which, uh, seems like it'd be a terrifying situation to be in. Also seems like, like a situation she's been in before. Yeah, like, how does she know how, to, how exactly to fight this thing? Yep. Like... Because she then says, I didn't know that how badly they wanted to kill you, they sent the Minotaur. Yeah. But, like, if she's encountered this thing before, she knows how badly they... I, I, so, yeah, I don't know. She's She's got all of the... Yeah. How? Like how, how does she like, have all this information? Like, how much Ooh. information did Percy's dad share during their three months together? Yeah. Like... Did he, like, give her tools for fighting every yeah. single potential, like, villain that came after? Like, they're like, well... Well, they could send Pacifist's son, in which case, if he charges, that's his only weakness. You have to jump out of the way. Yeah. Uh, so make sure that at the last... But, like, if he's not charging, yeah. uh, you, you got, you're you out of luck. There's there's no way to get away from him. You just have to try to move faster than him. So, like, use a car uh, or a horse or something. Yeah. But, like, if they send after you one of the kindly ones, or if they send after you one of the... Like, and she's got, like, a notebook with, like, 300 entries of potential. No, like, yeah, like this every, didn't happen. Like, how every, does she have this information? Every minute they're not procreating and creating Percy. They're just doing study sessions, being like, all right, let's yep. talk about this monster. Yep. Um. Which, again, they wouldn't be talking about <laughs> until after they'd already, like, knew that Percy was. Yeah. So who, who the heck knows? Um, which all that feeds into my theory that, like, there's something weird about Percy's mom and she's not just, like, your standard run-of-the-mill human. But anyway. Um. Do-do-do-do-do. There is another line here that I wanted to address, uh, because the book calls special attention to it, where Percy's mom says, uh, who's named Sally? Sorry. Sally, Sally Jackson. Says, I've Sally been... has her own identity. She's yeah. not just Percy's mom. No, she does. I've been worried about an attack for a long time. I should have expected this. I was selfish keeping you near me. And Percy's just like, wait, what? Near you? Because, yeah. like, uh, I've been sent away to schools for the past six years. Like, yeah. I haven't been near you. So. Yeah, it is an interesting statement, question. Yeah, yeah it's questionable. Yeah. So, what does that mean? I don't know. But, anyway, fight with the Minotaur starts. Yes. Uh, so they are at the property boundary. Yes. Which Sally can't cross. Yes. Percy and Grover both can, and it seems like the Minotaur might be able to as well. Yeah. Uh, so they're running off from the thing. Uh, Percy hasn't really started to try to face it yet. They're just trying to get to the property line. It charges him. Uh-huh. He runs, he does the dodge successfully. Yeah. And then... Sally doesn't. Sally. Then it goes for Sally. Yeah. She She, tries to lead it away. Yeah. By running down the hill. Yeah. Telling Percy again that she can't cross onto the property. Yeah. And the Minotaur runs at her, is ready for her to jump out of the way. Yeah. And when she jumps, it grabs her. Yes. Uh, By the neck, uh, he holds her up and she dissolves before his eyes melting into light a shimmering golden form as if she were a holographic projection she turns into yellow gold light yeah what's that all about that is that is that is 90 percent of my notes is just like (laughs) all right we're doing color symbolism again we now have the color yellow or gold we have this idea of her 
disappearing. There's no body. Did we just establish what the plot for the book is? Is she not actually dead? Was she taken by this uh, creature into the labyrinth and now they have to go find her? And that's the whole plot of the book is that they're going to... um, What is the... What dreams may come this whole book is just going to be like a little fever dream of them going to hell and rescuing Percy's mom. Like, what, what, what... Did we just establish the plot of this book? You know, like, or... Or... Is she actually dead? Dead, um, and there's just no body. Like, yeah. what? 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 Why it's, is there no body? Why is there no body? Why is there no body? Yeah, uh, is this how the Minotaur kills people? Like, but why is there no body? Yeah, which is my uh, my second thing, being like, what's the deal with Percy's mom? Is this does this happen because she's not human? Because so far in the book, we have seen one other character die. Uh, and then kind of dissolve into like a cloud of sand or like not leave a body behind. And that Yes, was but it's kind... very specific that when the Minotaur does fade away, it looks exactly like the kindly yes. one. Yes. And it's much different from Percy's mom. Yeah. So that's a very intriguing little passage. So who knows? Hopefully we'll find out more about what happens. I don't think Percy's mom is dead dead. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I completely don't read that from this story. I think we're going to encounter her later. So. Mm-hmm. That's my call. I think she's dead to the mortal world, but she will be a recurring character. Yeah. I think she's a force ghost. Well. Well. Spoiler tag for Obi-Wan. Skip forward. Yeah. Ten seconds. Yeah. Gotta wait until the last book and the last chapter to actually see her. Mm. Yep. Anyway. He shows up in the Clone Wars. (laughs) Why are you so upset that it took him so long to show up in Obi-Wan? Sorry. Should have put a spoiler tag in there at some point. Anyway, so rightfully so, uh, Percy gets super pissed off at this. Uh, he gets a rush of energy that he uh, hadn't felt when since he becomes Mrs. righteously indignant. <laughs> yes, he is. He is filled with the same kind of thing that he felt when he was facing Mrs. Dodds, oh. which was just like terror, fear. A need to protect himself, all of this. Like. He takes authority in Zeus. Um, <laughs> calls out to the Minotaur, gets his attention, he's going to fight this thing. No, but 100% we then have the second instance of a color appearing here, where we have a color, and it's a color we've had before. Yeah. Percy's red raincoat. Yes. He takes off his red raincoat, Yeah. and he... What what's the bullfighters? There's a name for bullfighters. Uh, matador. He he matadors this bull. Yeah. So he takes off his red raincoat, which I don't remember his raincoat being described previously. So this may be the first time his raincoat is given a color. Uh huh. But his his raincoat, he takes it off, and does his whole matador dance with the bull, yeah. where he tries to get the bull to come and charge at him, and the bull does. Yeah. And Percy doesn't have the time to move to the side and he somehow jumps kicks off this thing's chest and ends up on its shoulders or its back somehow does some pretty ball and parkour yes and and he doesn't even know how he does it he just like all of a sudden he's on this thing's shoulders yeah holding on to its horns trying not to get thrown off yeah and the thing because percy doesn't isn't there slams into the tree yeah. And nearly knocks all of Percy's teeth out. Uh-huh. Uh, only goes forward, though. Yep. Uh, so he's not just bullfighting in this chapter. He's, in fact, bull riding as well. Oh, snap. <laughs> but his mother only taught him how to fight. Yeah. His mother only taught him how to dodge. Uh, he doesn't he... know how to ride this thing. <laughs> Obviously, he breaks its horn off and yeah. falls down. Yeah. Uh, so out of nowhere, <laughs> he develops some kind of super strength, uh, breaks a horn off this bull entirely. Yep. He's just trying to hold on. Yeah. And the horn just comes off in his hand. Maybe maybe the bull didn't maybe the Minotaur didn't drink enough milk and he's just got brittle bones and like this isn't super strength and like any random twelve year old could have pulled a horn off. Who knows? Maybe. Seems I'm... like a useless weapon in that case, but <laughs> there isn't a lot of mentions of just like milk and mythology. Yeah. Yeah, no. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um anyway. So he pulls the horn off. Now Percy has a weapon. 
It's a conveniently knife-shaped horn. Yeah, we've, which we've established are razor sharp, and I uh, was just like... Which we also have had him now use two stabby stabs. Yeah. He used the pen that turned into the sword, and now he used the horn that turned into a knife. Yeah. I feel like razor sharp is a descriptor for a thing that has an edge to it. Yeah, a little like bit. A... But he also previously had described the horns as sharper than you could get by trying to sharpen them or something like that. Yeah, of course. Like, however it was described, he said something along those lines of them being so sharp that it that it could only have been by, like, stabbing yeah. people with them yeah. and not by sharpening them. Yeah, if you've got a real big pencil sharpener, you can pull that off. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> anyway, so he pulls the horn off, the bull charges... Rolls it, he rolls to one side, and as the bull is going past, Minotaur, sorry, keep going at bull, it is half man. As the Minotaur is going past, he reaches up with the horn, stabs it. In the ribcage. In the ribcage. Uh, roars in agony, uh, and then falls apart into sand. I feel like, like this is going to be one of those things that is going to end up being like in Harry Potter, where it just happened to be that you could destroy Hulkirkses with... Uh, the basilisk tooth uh-huh. and it just happened to be the object that he used to destroy the journal in the in the chamber of secrets oh, yeah. and you don't actually find out until book seven that the <laughs> basilisk thing is the, one of the only three things in the entire universe that can destroy all crux yeah like and it just happened to be there in that moment that he used that thing to do that like like, I feel like this is going to be the thing. We're like, we're going to find out later that that pen was some kind of specific magical item and this, and like a minotaur's horn is this very specific magical item and they're just going to be like, those are the only two items you can use along with this one other thing that we're going to learn about in book seven yeah. of this five book series. Hey, hang on, this isn't Jim Butcher. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm talking about, I'm talking about Harry Potter. Yeah, that, that level of like multi-book foreshadowing. Yeah. I don't know if that's here. Which, but. again, don't think was ever intentional. Anyway. <laughs> so anyway, monster's gone, and as soon as the Minotaur disappears, the rain stops. So The rain moves away. It doesn't stop. Okay. But yeah. He's no longer in the rain, but the storm is moved on. Yeah. So that's some imagery. It's gone off in the distance now. Yes. Now, let's go back to the previous chapter and talk about Percy's dream. Okay. In Percy's dream, there's a storm... On the beach. Uh-huh. And there are two creatures fighting a golden eagle uh-huh. and a white horse. Okay. And Percy knows that he has to stop them from fighting, but he can't get to them. And all the time that they're fighting, the storm is raging, and there is a deep, chuckling laugh happening from some kind of mysterious dark force outside of the fight. Yeah. Goading them on, basically. Okay. The golden eagle flies down... And kills the white horse uh-huh. in the dream. Yeah. Is Percy's mom the white horse? And is the Minotaur the golden eagle? Or is this imagery of the dream something that's going to come full, like f- fully into view later? Like, is this the fight? I don't think or- it is. I think you'd have to stretch to make it the fight. Because, like... I, don't, I feel like in the dream, we, neither one of them actually kills the other one. Like, Percy yeah, knows no, he has no, to no. stop 100%. this. 100%. The, the eagle comes oh. down, hits the horse. That's when he wakes up. Yeah. That horse just got dealt a death blow, and that's when Percy wakes up. Yeah. I mean, if you're doing color imagery, I feel like the golden eagle would, it would make sense that that's his mom because she disappears in a flash of golden light. But that wouldn't make sense because his mom doesn't kill the minotaur, so I don't know. Yes, but what is the minotaur... Would the Minotaur tar be the white horse? I don't think so. Yeah. So we have to keep looking at that because that dream, I think, is going to be very important here in the book. Even if it's his mother dying, that's super important that he has this moment of a dream. Yeah. Like, I feel like that might be a recurring thing where you have to keep an eye out for dreams in this book. But yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I was just going to ignore them if they showed up again. But Yeah. Just going <laughs> to keep ignoring the like, dreams. Like, this isn't important. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good point. I, I don't think it was this fight, but it is worth mulling over, I guess. hmm Yeah. Feels there will like... be more dreams in this book. Okay. Keep that in mind. I'm sure of it. <laughs> um, so, rain has stopped. He's there, trembling on the hill. Just killed this thing. His mom's gone. He doesn't know what to do. 
He grabs Grover. He's not going to let Grover go. Yeah. Uh, grabs Grover. He's going to rescue him, even though he's just been moaning about food the entire time. And he still is. What is that? What? What? Why? Don't know. I don't know. Is this is this comic relief? Is this something important that like Grover is trying to get out? Um, is he being a decoy and trying to attract the Minotaur I'm to him? Food. Yeah, I'm food. Get over here. Eat me. Like, yeah. Don't know. Uh, but remember, despite the fact that he couldn't participate in all of the the PE, uh-huh. he would still run for was it tacos, enchiladas, quesadillas, some. Yeah. Some form of Tex-Mex food. Yeah. He would run for that, and, and you, you, he would run faster than anyone else. Yeah. So, something about food and Grover. We're going to have to keep looking at that. Maybe that's his color. It's food? Yeah, his color imagery is food. What is What color is food? I don't know, but like we had, <laughs> we had Nancy Boboffit being red. We had the mother being blue. Yeah. Anybody out there listening who has synesthesia, please tell us what color the word food is. Yes, please do. Um, <laughs> if, that, food. Uh, if that's a thing. Food. <laughs> Not everyone's synesthesia is the same, though. Yeah. So we, we could get every single answer. Yeah. Darn. Uh, so anywho, the last thing he remembers. Every single answer, you know, because there's, <laughs> there's, a... there's that many listeners yep. with synesthesia. Yep. I'm sure we have thousands. Yeah. Uh, he collapses on a wood porch. He's looking up at a ceiling fan spinning above him and sees two people. And some moths. Don't forget the moths. Oh, yeah. Gosh, the there moths. are moths. I'm sorry. He sees a familiar-looking bearded man who I really don't think is Brummer. I mean, we've only had one bearded man, right? Like, yes. Gabe doesn't have a beard. Yeah. The, 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 the super for the building wasn't described as bearded. Yeah, there can be other bearded men. The bus the driver, was he described as bearded? <laughs> no. Okay, well... It's a familiar man, and it's written in a children's book from the perspective of a child. It's going to be Bronner. Except, he says, a pretty-looking girl. Uh, they both look down. The girl says, he's the one. He must be. And the context of that conversation made me think that neither of them had seen him before. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. Okay. Cool. I have no idea. All right. Uh, and the old man immediately shusses her up and is just like, yeah, he's still conscious. Don't talk about crap. Bring him inside. Yeah. Cool. Uh, hey, look, it's a girl that's described as pretty. What do you want to bet? There's going to be some sort of, like, romantic subtext that shows up later. Who knows? But she's okay. blonde. Yeah. Curly hair. Blonde. Yeah. Looks like a princess. Her name is Annabeth. Yep. Cool. And that's what we know. That's this chapter. So, Percy's mm-hmm. mom kind of dies. Probably. Maybe. In chapter four of the book. Yeah. I mean, I, what's the rule in fiction? Like, if there's no body, they're not dead. Yeah. Like, <laughs> no, and that's why I'm saying there's no body. Yeah. She's not dead. Yeah. She's not dead. Cool. Anyway. The next, uh, we we done with the, uh, the summary of the plot? I believe so, unless there's anything you wanted to hit on, which I think we pretty thoroughly covered it. Um, there is a specific statement uh-huh. made by Percy that I found interesting. Uh-huh. When Grover is upset that Percy has misidentified his uh, his non-human half. Yeah. That he tells him he's a satyr. Yeah. And Percy replies, whoa, wait, satyrs? You mean like Mr. Brunner's myths? Uh-huh. And he specifically says... Mr. Brunner's myths. Yeah. Not not Greek mythology, yeah. not just in mythology, but he identifies that myth specifically as Mr. Brunner's. Yeah. Which I found really interesting. It stood out to me a lot. He invented um, the concept of a satyr. Hmm? He invented the concept of a satyr. Apparently. But yeah, we have this idea that they're being chased throughout the book, this idea of Mr. Brunner's myth, satyrs. The fact that there's more and much older satyrs uh-huh. who would be really upset with Percy yeah. for misidentifying them. Yeah. Yeah. Which I find to be like the opposite. I find when people, well, never mind. I was going to say when people get older, they get less obnoxious about being mislabeled. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, never not, mind. I thought of, I immediately thought of too many examples how I was wrong in, in yeah. my own personal life. Yeah. We're just going to move on from that. Yep, let's thought. go. We're moving on. 
Cool. All right. You want to go to our next segment? Sure. All right. What's our next segment, Kristen? Uh, favorite sentence. Okay. Cool. We can do We're that. We're going to do this in the right order for once okay. because I reminded you to do it this time. Okay. What's your favorite sentence? I'd like you to read yours first, if you don't mind, since okay. I did my... Uh... No, I didn't. But go ahead. Read your um, favorite sentence. Being referential, uh, my favorite sentence is, there was a blinding flash, a jaw-rattling boom, and our car exploded. And I liked that one because I was just like, this could be like the first line to a Dresden novel. Yes, it could. <laughs> the building was on fire and it wasn't my yeah. fault. <laughs> like, the car exploded, like, works perfectly fine as an opening line. Yeah. <laughs> What's I... yours? I, I had two because I thought you were going to choose my my sentence, so I, I picked a backup sentence. Uh-huh. Um, so I'm going to read this sentence. Because this sentence, well, I'm just going to read it, and then I'm going to explain it. Okay. I was crying, calling for my mother, but I held on to Grover. I wasn't going to let him go. Uh-huh. Because that sentence like just it has so much weight for what's happened in the chapter yeah. it's immediate development growth it's r- such a revelation about percy's character where he's at right now yeah what he values how he goes about caring about it yeah. etc like he's already had this whole um confrontation with grover in the bus in just the previous chapter um, which was that day. Uh-huh. Um, so talk about talk about plot density. This is all still in the same day he left school. Yeah, it's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah, he, he has gone to bed, so this might be after midnight, but yeah. it's still within 24 hours of him seeing the fates and getting home and all of this. Yeah. And he's had this conflict with Grover. He's then found out Grover's not human. Yeah. Or not solely human. And so it's this whole thing. Uh-huh. And he is still, in this moment, not going to let go of Grover. Yeah. And he has made a choice to do that. Like, it was a really impactful sentence. Yeah. The sentence I expected you to choose was that he wore no clothes except underwear. I mean, <sighs> bright white Fruit of yeah. the Looms, which would have looked funny except for the to- except that the top half of his body was so scary. Love a love a modest minotaur. That's the one I expected yeah. you to choose. That was really fun. Yeah. Um, now, point we didn't bring up. Uh, Percy is a prepubescent kid who has grown up without a father figure, and his mom just died tragically. Is this a Pixar production? Uh, Pixar, are we, no. Are we Disney? Yes. Pixar, no. Okay. I feel like Pixar has their fair share of uh, tragic parent backstories. But I don't know. Cool. Yeah, this is he's he, he's a Disney princess. Cool. Should we go on to our next segment? What's our next segment, Chris? Uh, so our next segment is we're taking a bit of a creative liberty here with these chapters in the in this series, and we are uh, retelling the chapter from the perspective of somebody who's not the main character. So we pick something or someone who is not Percy and tell the chapter from uh, from their point of view. Sure thing. And then you did do your summary and favorite sentence first, so I'll go ahead and do this first. Okay, I was unless s- you want to. I was going to say, let me do mine first because mine's really, really depressing. Um, oh, okay. <laughs> unless yours is also depressing. I'm double checking. Mine is also depressing, but mine is uh, a little more whimsical. Okay. So go ahead. You can do yours first. Sorry, I just watched the Stranger Things season four finale, and I'm in an emotionally vulnerable state, so this is my take on this chapter. Okay. The car cuts through the rain like a bat out of hell. Ironic, almost, considering what's right behind us. But it's not fast enough. It never is. Hiding didn't work out, so running will have to do. He just has to get to the door. Nothing else matters. They say that every plan we make is a silent prayer to Father Time. Kronos I've never met personally, but I've prayed all the same prayed that he wouldn't ever have to become what he was born to be. Prayed that there would be no monsters. Prayed that I wouldn't have to become one just to keep him safe. But here we are. I know I can't fight the beast off for long, but I don't have to. 
I just have to fight for long enough. I'm sorry, Percy. Is that his mom or is yeah. that Grover? Because it his, could be that's both his, of them. That's his mom. All right. So that was my depressing rewrite uh, from Sally Jackson's perspective. Yeah. <laughs> that's a lot. <laughs> I'll go ahead and... Yeah, that's why I didn't want to end on that note. <laughs> Here's mine. <laughs> And you can't get mad at me for this one because I really, really like this one. Okay. You can't get mad at me for it. Okay. Good. I feel so alive. This is what I was meant to be. We are pounding down the roads. I'm practically flying. Nothing can stop me. Nothing can stop me. I never get this kind of thrill with Gabe. I never would have expected Sally to be willing to take me for this kind of ride, but I'm tr- I'm truly living for this. She seems scared, but I am her knight, her white horse, carrying her to safety from this ridiculous storm. I can almost forgive her for the goat boy being drenched and dripping on my upholstery. Crash. Ow. Oil and grease. I've never hurt like this before. What was that? The people are abandoning me, leaving me half dead on the side of the road. Run, Sally Jackson. I'm sorry I couldn't save you. What's this monstrous thing smelling about and lifting me, throwing me? No. No. Goodbye. We should both went dark with this one. I would also like to point out we've done four chapters of this and two of Kristen's rewrites were from their perspective of the Camaro. Yes, they were. So. And and I told you, you can't be mad at I'm not me. Mad at you. I just really liked this character and the fact that it had a full arc just really, it really meant something to me. The great death scene uh-huh. for that character of the car, uh-huh. Gabe's Camaro. Uh, I, I feel Not like, a scratch. Yeah. Had a whole character arc in four chapters. In two chapters. Yeah. Jeez. Whew. Oh, man. Uh, I would like to point out for the people that are going to accuse me of plagiarism uh, that uh, the line, every plan we make is a silent prayer to Father Time, is a line out of a Death Cab for Cutie song. I did not create that, so there you go. You have to acknowledge. <laughs> you have to acknowledge your references. Yeah. Don't don't then say it is an illusion. Yeah. Don't call it a ripoff. Yeah. Call it an Ill- illusion. Yeah. It's a literary that's, term for for reference. Yeah. Something. That's that's also why I said they say. Yeah. Uh, anyhow. And cool. I chimed in with having you. <laughs> Sorry, wrong band. Uh-huh. Cool. All right, you want to take us out, Kristen? Sure thing. Now that we've done our very depressing end of this uh, this yep. podcast. Yep, we're leaving this one. Uh, we're leaving this one with some sad times. Yep. Thank you so much for joining us today as we discussed Chapter Four of The Lightning Thief. Join us next week as we discuss Chapter Five. I play Pinochle with a horse. How much more whimsical is that? Though I don't know, this one had yeah. a pretty whimsical yeah. title, my, and it was my very mother dark. teaches me bullfighting and dies. <laughs> Sure the I play pinnacle with a horse, and the horse dies. <laughs> like that's how that's how I'm gonna wrap up every one of these chapters. Like as we introduce, it's gonna be like, and then I accidentally vaporized my pre-algebra teacher, and she dies. That's, that's kind of implied. <laughs> that one. Three old ladies knit the socks of death, and my mom dies. <laughs> Grover unexpectedly loses his pants, and the white horse died in my dream. We didn't even talk about how the um, the ladies were knitting socks that were blue, and then uh, that, Percy's the blue mom. is the color of the mother. Yeah. yeah, that's her color. Yeah, it is completely. Yeah, yep, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. She's not giant, yeah. is she? I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. Find out. <laughs> All right. Because anyway. it was a giant sock. They were they, they were giant socks. He yeah. said. Yeah. Fascinating. Anyway, 
If you want to interact with us, you can do so at Chronically Podcast on Facebook and Instagram, at Chronically Pod on Twitter, and you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash chronically podcast. You can also send us your fan art of a minotaur and tidy whities at chronicallypodcast at gmail.com. Uh-huh. Chris, do you have any uh, final final thoughts or sign-off? Well, you kind of alluded to it. I was just going to say, uh, you know, if you are going to go on a murder spree, just still always make sure you're wearing clean underwear. I was going to say make sure you're wearing your car accident <laughs> underwear. What is it? What is that? Isn't that the expression? Something like that. <laughs> um, and if you ever fight a bull, use its own horns against it. Yeah. You really, really take the bull by the horns. Yeah, take the bull by the horns. <laughs> Grab life by the horns. <laughs> Never Thanks. understood that expression. Hopefully you do now. I can I can picture it now. Uh-huh. Cool. Cool. Thanks. And get Grover some food. Bye. <laughs> Bye. It's a pattern here, it isn't is. it? It is. It's very much a pattern. Maybe it's just that there really are only four themes in all of fiction. One is Greek mythology. <laughs> One is Greek mythology. One's One of them is the power magic. of names and fey magic. <laughs> anyway, how do we start this podcast, Kristen? We oh, finish our yawns. Hello, and welcome to Chronically Narnia, the... <laughs> how, many, how many chapters will it take before you, uh, before you get it. there? Percy asks who it is, and Grover is just like, Oh, nobody special, just the Lord of the Dead and a few of his, a few of his blood... No, they, he never acknowledged. Okay. He never acknowledged it. Sorry, I'm good. I wasn't paying attention to what you said sure you're wrong about that somewhere um land but, flowing with milk and honey yeah. i never got over that as a kid i never understood i which i feel like we could just go from here and actually get into the discussion but this was supposed to be a cold open now we've accomplished that good job <laughs>